Solidarity, community and camaraderie has been never so important. There is a pressing situation affecting thousands of people uh, living with type 1 diabetes fleeing Ukraine, fleeing an active war zone. I'm uh, so glad to uh, be joined today uh, by Lena, who has been in touch with a lot of people in that situation. She's uh, Ukrainian herself. She's from Horlivka. Sorry if I butchered that pronunciation. I did my best, but Lena, um, tell me what the situation is like on the ground in Ukraine. Um, hi, Jimmy. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I appreciate the time I have to tell our story. Um, the situation is devastating. Um, the main part you probably get from the news, but uh, the most devastating part is that uh, we don't have green corridors. We don't have um, ways to deliver the humanitarian aid. So people um, are being shooted, uh, civilians are dying, and for people with diabetes, this is especially tough and challenging time. And uh, the, the humanitarian corridors would really, you know, go a step to solving this pressing issue because as we spoke yesterday, what you told me was actually quite shocking that people with type 1 diabetes in Ukraine are eligible for evacuation, but lots are deciding to stay and defend. Yes, some people are deciding to stay. Some people with diabetes, uh, for some reason, can't leave because they are stuck in the shelters or they just afraid to leave uh, under the fire. The green corridors were established yesterday, but for today, at this moment, um, Russian soldiers are keep are keep shooting, and people can't leave. Ha hang on. So th there have been. Uh, what Lena calls green corridors, we would say in the UK is humanitarian corridors, they're still actively targeting those areas? Yes, yes, unfortunately. Today was uh, was a planned evacuation from Mariupol, and people were ready to evacuate, but um, soldiers kept firing, and they stayed. So, I mean, this is a devastating piece of news to hear, especially when, as you've spoken previously, that people with type 1 diabetes, they can't necessarily flee like and, and evacuate like the rest of areas can, because we're, we're talking the emotional stress. We are talking walking for long hours, probably without food um, yes. and a, a lack of insulin. So, uh, I mean, you've been fielding requests and uh, fielding information from people on the ground in Ukraine. What have you been hearing? Um, I've got a group of 6,000, more than 6,000 of people with diabetes from Ukraine who are currently in, in Ukraine, in different parts, all, all, all Ukraine. Uh, and what I see every day, it's uh, desperate messages from main cities, from small villages where people stuck and they can't get to insulin. We have some supplies uh, in, in our country inside, but people can't get to it. And this is the most desperate times for them. And we heard reports earlier in the week about the Novo Nordisk warehouse being blockaded by uh, Russian uh, Russian soldiers, Russian forces. Nova Nordisk came out and said that their warehouse was operating normally. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Do you know anything? No, I unfortunately don't know anything about this. I heard that Nova Nordisk sent something, um, so, some um, cargoes to Ukraine with yeah. uh, supplies, but I don't know. 
it, it will succeed. So uh, what we're seeing is a lot of charities and uh, non-governmental organizations coming out and saying, you know, we'll handle it, just donate to the DEF. Uh, but what's the real situation? Because, you know, we're a week in and people are suffering quite severe situations of insulin shortage. You know, there are renegade operations all across the UK, as you know, um, of people getting supplies and getting them down to Kent to eventually get them over to Ukraine. Uh, should we wait for these non-governmental organisations and charities or is, is it better that we use our logistics brains and get it to there as fast as we can? I think we, we should use both ways. Yeah. For now, we need, we need to use our volunteer network, uh, so people in different parts of Ukraine who can deliver, risking their lives, can deliver something to people who are stuck in shelters and their, their homes. Um, and later, um, you know, this is a big collapse for our medical system. So people will obviously need some supplies later. Uh, and this is where charities can help. But but right now, what I'm inferring from that is right now it needs us people to solve the immediate issue and then hopefully charities can deal with the long term. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and how, explain to me about the, the volunteers, the people who are risking their lives to get insulin to uh, those in shelters. I mean, we spoke previously and people are spending um, around three days underground you know, in cold, damp conditions, not a place where I would like to store my insulin, but they're having to make it happen. So how are people managing their type 1 diabetes in these inc incredibly uh, exceptional situations? We have some doctors who can help them online. Um, so every doctor, every endocrinologist in Ukraine now is working uh, free and is available to every person who has internet and can reach them. If a person stuck in a shelter, you can imagine how how can they manage their diabetes. It obviously will be not effective, as they can't um, as they can't be calm enough. Sugars are raising because they're stressed, and you need more insulin in this situation. And if you, have, yeah. if you are very limited in insulin and in food, you're just doing something little to survive. So they're just managing to survive and to get to safer place and then to um, take care of their health. And, uh, you know, you're in the UK, you're in York. Uh, it must be really tough seeing what's going on. But also, uh, you know, it's a difficult feeling because, you know, who wants to be transported into a war zone, but also who wants to be so far from their family, friends and country at such a difficult time? Absolutely. It, it, it is absolutely um, a challenging time for me uh, when I... I, I'm I'm in a safe place, but I see every day the struggling of my loved ones, of my friends, uh, of their friends, of their parents, some older people who can't live, uh, people with uh, some disabilities are just stuck. It's it's very hard to understand and to read. 
But uh, I'd like to let everyone watching and listening know that you've not just sat down and watched the news. You're active in addressing the situation. You, you've, you've been working tirelessly to um, effectuate this sort of daisy chain of supply transfers. So just explain a little bit of how uh, what my own and uh, the people watching's donations, uh, how they will get to uh, the places where they're most needed. Gladly, uh, because if, if I'm not, uh, not active, I will just sit and cry. Uh, to survive myself, I started to do something. This is vital for me. Um, we, we are doing different stuff to help people with diabetes. Firstly, we gathered a lot of people in one group to understand what they need, where they're situated, what is the situation here. Uh, we asked them all to fill in the forms so they, they would tell us what they need exactly, uh, who is um, most desperate, who needs most. Then we started to gather um, everyone who wanted to donate, everyone who wanted to deliver insulin and other supplies to Ukraine. And we partnered with a big company called Type 1 Style, who collected 100,000 of pounds to help our people. And they're being amazing in this. Uh, they are delivering uh, a big, big truck with insulin and other supplies to Ukraine. And we, from our side, we are helping them with our network of volunteers in all main cities and even in small villages. So hopefully, soon enough, they will get insulin and other vital stuff. I, th I think the first delivery of, you know, whatever supplies went out went recently, maybe yesterday. Uh, but obviously, this is uh, easy to get to, relatively, to the Polish border near Livka, where people are fleeing to. But uh, Western Ukraine is where people are trapped, active war zones. People like we've spoken before, people uh, underground in shelters, people unable to or unwilling to move because the strength and defiance of the Ukrainian people is very admirable, but they do need insulin. So how is that getting, I mean, it's a very big country, how is that getting into the affected areas? Um, the most affected areas actually is East right now. The change, sorry, uh, situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The situation is changing very, very fast, very quickly. And I'm asking my uh, coordinators, those are people who stay in, in Ukraine, I'm asking them every few hours, what is the situation? What is the worst part of Ukraine now for, for people with diabetes? Um, and for now, it's the eastern part. It's Mariupol, Kharkiv, um, and other eastern cities, um, which is which is being shooted and bombed heavily. So people are just stuck there. And Honestly, I am very, very scared and I can't guarantee that we can deliver there. So there's been a massive sort of support network of people donating from the UK. And as far as I know, as far as I understand, that, that donation, that supply effort is heading to the Polish border near Lviv, where people are fleeing to. But one of the uh, most pressing issues, as I understand, is that people are stuck in the most embattled area, Kharkiv, Kiev, Mariupol, places like that. Um, how are we going to get the insulin to those people that are maybe stuck or unwilling to leave? We can only do this with volunteers. So we, we have a company called Nova Posta. Nova Posta is a delivery company. Uh, and 
for now, they're delivering everything uh, as volunteers. They have established connections with main cities, so they can deliver to those cities from the Polish border or even from Poland. And they deliver to these cities. And from these cities, we have people who are just have cars or they had previously some product business or something else. They they just have cars and they take these packages, this insulin and supplies and deliver them further. But there are some places where nobody can deliver for now. And that was what is worrying me and worrying everyone else. And we need to wait for these green corridors to deliver to these places. And, and that's the most shocking thing, because you mentioned earlier on today that the green corridors are supposedly established. But for those green corridors or humanitarian corridors to work, it needs to be a, a partisan decision. Both sides need to agree that these are avenues for aid. And, and what you're saying earlier really uh, worried me in the fact that the Russian side isn't keeping to their bargain on the supposed corridors. Yes, unfortunately, they were uh, agreed that we will have corridor from nine o'clock to, I don't know, maybe three o'clock. Uh, but the Russian soldiers are keep, keep firing. So it's not a green corridor, actually. No, no, not at all. Uh, in, in name only. And um, we think about that region. We think about the, 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 former, the former Soviet Union. Uh, we, we feel, especially the Slavic countries, we feel a bit of camaraderie of that area of the world. And now two major parts of that world are being pitted against each other. And from what I'm seeing, neither population really supports this conflict. Uh, you mean Russian population or Ukrainian? Well, the Ukrainians are defending, but neither population wants this to be happening. Well. Obviously, uh, there is a big, uh, big connection, mental connection between what is going on in, with Russia in Russia and with the Soviet Union, Soviet era. And a lot of Russian people don't want to get there. They don't want to get back. Um, and obviously, the whole world as well seeing this as returning to some kind of 37, 39. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. So... This is this is very, very frustrating for many people. They don't uh, they don't have many support with their politics, I would say. Yeah. And just going back to Ukraine and, and the situation, let's you know, forget glo global socioeconomic politics for now, because there is a much more serious situation that we're dealing with. You're hearing many stories from, you know, Ukraine from the affected areas, Mariupol, Kharkiv, Kyiv. Uh, can you tell us, can you give us an idea of what people are, are going through right now? I will try not to cry. <sighs> I would say they, they're very, very exhausted. They're exhausted, but they have a hope. We understand this is our turning point in the history of relationships with Russia. If we give up now, we will go back with them. With the Soviet era, with KGB, all this scary stuff. 
And we understand that we need to stay until the end. Imagine I'm going to LinkedIn uh, today and I'm seeing my ex-boss who I worked for for four years in Kyiv. And he's in military uh, clothing. He holds a gun and he says, beauty business, stand up. He works in beauty business. He says, beauty business, come on, stand up. Don't walk with Russia. We are going to fight. We are going to protect our people. And that's how all we are feeling now. We are tired, we're exhausted, we're de devastated, but we don't want to go back with Russia. Wow. And um, that situation is only exacerbated, worsened with a condition like type 1 diabetes. And uh, you've been in connection with thousands of, of people. I wonder if you could, could share a little bit of what people are facing in, in the affected areas. They're facing shortages of insulin and not only insulin, but other supplies like uh, glucose monitorings, um, infusion sets, um, test strips. The test strips and insulin are obviously the most vital they need for now. And we are trying to get people connected. So, for example, if somebody has two pens, they can share one pen to somebody else who has zero. Mm. And that of people are sharing every day. They're helping each other. There is a big problem with people who stuck, maybe not in the shelter, but in the smaller, in the smaller villages, smaller place where they they're hiding. They can't get anywhere. They don't have transport. They don't mm. have fuel to go somewhere. So I'm really surprised how people are getting connected, how people are helping each other in this situation. Even against. if you don't know, you can, yeah, against, against all these, even oh, if, if the they odds, don't, yeah. yeah, so amazing, this is amazing. I mean, it's a great show of the support that our community of people with type 1 diabetes has, but it's such an, an unfortunate situation in which we had to see it. Lena, thank you so much. And uh, the uh, sort of network of donations is active and right across the UK. So if you would like to get in touch with Lena in York, it's very easy to do so. Or if you're in the Southwest or even near the Southwest and have something that you can and are willing to give, please do let me know. You can find me on social media and I'll come and get it and I'll get it down to Kent. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for listening to Lena and uh, thank you so much for Lena uh, for giving up her time in such a uh, difficult period in her life because this story is really important to get out. So if you want to help us in this mission, then please do share this podcast, like this video, uh, tweet me at Jamie Lowe TV and leave a five star review. My name's Jamie Lowe. I hope you've enjoyed and got something from listening or watching this podcast. I'll see you next time.